you would go to Psalms 23 and just maybe put your finger or your marker there, we're going to use that pretty much the whole service is a text and what we share, what I shared this morning. And um, I believe that, you know, when I look at it, John 10, uh, verse 10 through 11 says that the thief only comes to rob, kill and destroy. But the next verse says, it says, I've come that they may have life and have it to be full or more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And that portion, portion of scripture really says this. I insist that you know my goodness, that I want to pour out my blessings upon you. I want to give you life where the enemy wants to bring death. And so, you know, I believe, you know, the, the best description, if you're going to uh, if you're going to talk about Jesus, he's a shepherd, he's a father, he's a defender that beats off the wolves. Amen. Amen. And uh, the Bible uses different metaphors and Jesus is the father and the church is his, and, and, and but, but, you know, Jesus is the father and the church is a family. I mean, you know, the church is a family. The church isn't about an organization. It's about relationship that we have with God and other people within the church. And so I believe that, you know, Jesus is the head of the church and he's head of the body, which means all of us have a function. You know, we all have a function. We all have a part. It's, it's finding out what your purpose is, you know, and, and, and purpose is so important. If you don't know what your purpose is, it's hard to get a good barometer on where the rest of your life's going to be and where you're going to go and what you're going to become. And so Jesus is a shepherd and the church is a flock. Psalms 100 says it like this, verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Let me, let me just tell you why I like this. Because when you look at it, the closest English word for shepherd is the word pastor. In other words, you know, if you took the New Testament, the word past, uh, shepherd and pastor, the same word, and they're used interchangeably. I want, to, I want you to think about it today. Jesus is my pastor. Think about it. Say, say it out loud. Say, Jesus, Jesus is my pastor. Jesus is my father. And see, every one of us needs a good pastor. Amen? Amen. And so uh, someone who loves us, encourages us, and strengthens us. I'm not saying I can't be your pastor, or Pastor Josh can't be your pastor, or Pastor Jamie can't be your pastor, or Pastor Zach. But we need, we need to see God as our pastor. We need to see Jesus as our pastor. And you have pastors here on this earth, and all we are is like a guide. You understand what I'm saying? All we can do is say, hey, this is what I've learned. This is what I know. This is where I go. I just got back from Africa, and I had one morning to go hunting. You know, I have a passion for hunting, and, and, they, and I was looking for a blue wildebeest, okay? And some of you go, what the heck is a blue wildebeest? You know, but it, it, it's, and, uh, and so my, the, the guy that owns this ranch dropped me and my best friend off. Now, we're in Africa, in the bush, lions and tigers and bears on me, oh my, you know? And uh, so we had to self-guide ourselves, And so uh, we, we're out in the bush, and I didn't know my friend was filming me until a minute into the video. And as we were going there, I actually, one came out about 200 yards, and I was able to harvest that, that blue wildebeest and give the meat to some people and donate some things and all that. So it was pretty cool. And, but 
the thing is, is that why you share that, Pastor? Because I believe, I think today, Jesus is our pastor, and sometimes you need to listen to his voice. And sometimes God puts people in our lives for us to be, it's, it's, it's God's voice speaking to us. How many of you ever had times where you had just a conversation, and, and, and it's like the person is just reading everything you're going through? And you go, what do they have? Do I have a signpost on my forehead and you're just reading what my life is going through? No, that's God using someone to get your attention, that he knows everything that you're going through and everything you're facing and everything that you're, you're maybe having difficulties in. So I, wanna, I want you to think today that. And so Corinthians says it like this. It says, though you have countless, uh, you have countless guides in Christ, do not... You do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. And I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. You see, a father not only guides us, but a true father, this is what they do. They provide for us. Come on. They restore us. They lead us. They support us. They defend us and they bless us. And those are some of the things I'm going to talk to you this morning about in Psalms 23. You see, you can model your life after a true father. And so what has to happen, I want you to, I want you to leave here today with a pastor. And I'm not just talking about me and Pastor Josh or any other pastor. But even though you need that, you see, the most beautiful description of Jesus as a shepherd is found in Psalm 23. And so what I want to do is I want us to read Psalms 23 out loud together. Can you help me? It's going to be right here on the screen. They're going to bring it up. And he says, so let's go. The Lord is my I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Stop right there. I will fear what? No evil. How many know that evil comes for us every day? Okay. He says, I will fear no evil. Let's go on. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give yourself a hand. You did great. I pray you leave here today with a deep relationship with Jesus. That's my desire. And, and the... And, with the one who wants to be your father and who wants to be your pastor. Allow God to heal your father wound. Amen? Because what has to happen is sometimes, you know, you can say all the right things, do all the right things, but in your soul, there's still those wounds. And sometimes we have to deal with those wounds that are in our soul because what happens is you can never get past that. What happens is you're about to grow, and you got, it doesn't matter your age or the stage you are in your life. It's some of those things just have to be made. You, some of those things have to be done. Amen? Because you can have a, a healthy life, 
you know, uh, and, and all those things. But in your soul, you're tormented. And so the she- I want to break it down. So number one, the shepherd provides. Psalm 23, 1, it says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Hebrew word for this means I will lack nothing. Some of us are thinking, no way, pastor. I've been through very, very tough times. Uh, and, and he wants to do that. See, you got to get beyond. Sometimes in South Louisiana, the way we were raised is if someone gave you some money and they put it in your hand, your parents thought you don't tell them no, you got to give it back. How many of you I'm talking about? And I've told my children, if someone puts money in your hands, they thank you and you put it in your pocket. Because <laughs> God hasn't given you a spirit of poverty or fear. God wants to bless you. Amen. And you've heard me talk about what a Pentecostal handshake is. Sometimes people have come to me or Pastor Josh, one of the other pastors, and they maybe have whatever is in their hand, and they just give you a shake, and they go, Pastor Bubba, be blessed. And I don't go look at it and go, wow! I just take it, and I know what to do with it, put it in my pocket. And then after, and I say, thank you. That's all you need. Come on. And see, God wants to chase you down. My kids don't worry about anything because they know their daddy is going to take care of them. God wants to be your provision. Say that. Say, God wants to be my provision. See, Philippians says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches or glorious riches. And not only that, in Christ Jesus. You may be asking, well, how do you... How do you get under that, Pastor Bubba? You see, I, you know, that's why I like to come to preach at our, our Jennings campus. Y'all ask good questions when I come. And so what I want to do is I want to show you something this morning. My kids will keep under the flow of the blessings of their daddy as long as our relationship stays right. Come on. If, if, if they don't get out, if, if they get out on their own, they see what it's like. And, and they can experience their storm. But, it, but here's what I've learned. As long as you got the umbrella, what happens, the umbrella covers you when you are under it. Come on. When, when, as, and as soon as I step outside the covering, my covering, is you become part of the storm. Hello? So I want to be under the umbrella, the protection, the anointing, the safety of God. Are y'all with me? Okay. Because what the umbrella, the church is like the umbrella. Jesus is like the umbrella. As long as I'm in his covering, as long as I'm walking the way that God wants me to walk, I'm, under, I'm, I'm covered. And see, what happens is in spiritual leadership, you know that you know, I can I can receive correction that brings direction in my life, so I'm covered. You know, no matter what I go through, if it's trials or tribulation, I'm covered. It's as long as I walk with God. Right, am I? I'm in the right church this morning. Okay, you see, provision remains when you remain under spiritual care. You know, the cool thing is, we have, my wife and I have six children. Four of them are off the payroll. It feels good. And then when they get older, you know, sometimes you want to go, well, maybe I need to help them. And there's some things we've done. But for the most part, 
It's like when you get out on your own, baby, you got to trust God. Come on. You know, you got to trust God. Man, my alternator thing, well, can you help me, Daddy? And I said, well, when you get paid tomorrow, well, don't sweat it. You get paid tomorrow. <laughs> Fix it. You go, that's cruel. No, it's not. It's teaching them that they have to learn under the pressure of life sometimes. And if you don't have pressure in your life, you never grow and you never mature. That's where in James it says, it says stay steadfast. In other words, it says, because when you become steadfast or you become patient, that's when, and tribulation comes in your life, that's what causes you to mature. Because God's desire is that you mature and you grow. In other words, God wants you to know Him, God wants you to grow in Him, and God wants you to glow for Him. Does that make sense? A whole other message. But here's the thing. And what happens is, not only that, so the provision when you remain under spiritual care, God takes care of you. The second thing is that the, the shepherd restores. Verse 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Did you ever wonder why God makes you lie down? Because you won't do it yourself. I go to my house, and sometimes at my, my house, in my own house, my wife is like the ever-ready bunny. I mean, literally, she takes half a battery. And she's like all over the map. I get tired watching her sometimes. I mean, she's doing this. and going. I mean, she rebukes dust mites. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, man, baby, take a break. You know, and just come on. And she likes, she has a clean, and, she, and she'll go, my house is so dirty. I'm like, Really? You should have been with me today when I visited some people and saw their house. <laughs> he, has, he has to make us rest sometimes. We get so busy. See, green pastures were the place where the shepherd would lead the sheep to feed. So many of us are in dry pastures. Come on. Wondering aimlessly. Truth is, you need a shepherd to break your leg. How many of you have ever seen that picture where Jesus is holding that little lamb around his shoulders and he's got the crook and the, and the staff and the rod and everything? And, and what happens is that shepherd will break a, a leg off that sheep. And what he does is he feeds that lamb by his own hand. He gives him water. He provides everything. He wraps his wound. He cares for his wound. Because what happened, what happened is that little lamb was getting some bad instructions from mama or some other sheep that were on there. And what he does is he provides everything they need so when they get healed up. Let me tell you something. If you're being fed by the hand of the shepherd, being watered and everything, how many of you know you ain't going far? And see, that's what God is a picture of us. Sometimes we go, why am I going through this? Why am I? Because God had to break your leg. And God had to speak some things in your life because you weren't going to lay down by yourself. Come on. And so it's like my best friend in Africa. We, don't, we didn't have TVs. We didn't have phones at work. We just sat up and, and stayed up and talked for six hours one night. And we just tell, and he has sheep on his farm. It's Gidry Organic Farms. He sells eggs. He has organic vegetables. He has 
chickens, like a bunch of chickens and a bunch of eggs, and he has sheep. And he was talking to this lady that was a real animal activist, loves animals, and, and she was like, and he goes, oh, yeah, he goes, uh, I've named every, six, every one of my sheep, I have 69 sheep, and I've named them all. She goes, oh, that is so sweet. You know, every animal's name, every sheep. He goes, yeah, I just get out there and go, come on, lamb chop. And they come, all 69. And she, and she goes, that's so cruel. And he says, yeah, but that's what they're going to become. <laughs> you know? See, when's the last time? I know we can't do it. We can't go walk on a hill somewhere. The, the tallest point that I learned in Louisiana history, Mount Driscoll is like 582 feet. That's our tallest, highest point in Louisiana. But we can walk through the woods. We can spend time at a park. We can get in a place where it's just quiet sometimes. What has to happen is we could just... We got to hear God's voice. We got to get God's comfort because life is like, they said the two least read books in the world are, you, are people's Bibles and the owner's manual of a car. But you let something happen to your life, you're pulling out the Bible and you're playing Bible roulette. Come on. You know, whatever thou doest, do it quickly. And then Jude, Judas hung himself. Now, I don't want that one. Let's see. You know. Because you go to your car, if something breaks down in your car, you go to the owner's manual, but you're going, how, how do I figure this one out? You can't run your life that way. But many people try to. You know, there's many of us, uh, there are many of us that, that need to turn off the radio, need to turn off the news, social media, and, and tune in to Jesus. You see, uh, we need to let the still waters of God restore us. Some of us need restoration, and only the shepherd can provide that. See, the Hebrew word for, to, of restore means this. Wherever I left off, when I come and get to the place where God wants me to be, that's my starting point. You know, James talks about you're a wise person if someone, if you restore someone that's left the faith and you restore them back to the faith, the Bible calls you a wise person. And so if that person falls away from God, they don't go all the way back to the beginning. They start where they left off. Are you hearing me? God's a good God. He's a good God. You see, number three. The shepherd leads. Psalms 23.3 says, He leads me besides the paths of righteousness for His name. So as long as you live your life, there's a lot of choices out there. How many you know what I'm talking about? There are many paths that aren't the right path. And there's a path that if you take it, it has God's name on that path for our lives. That's why the, it's important. He, the Bible says he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. It's not what you want or what other people suggest. Sometimes you need to get away. See, there, there's a path. The places the Father will lead you will always be overflowed with joy. 
the joy of the Lord. Back in the 80s, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Remember that in the 70s? Tuesday, and I'm so happy. Okay, that's enough. Joy doesn't mean happy. It means being content, being satisfied in God. And someone that's joyful, it's even deeper than happiness. Because you realize that, wait a minute, my life... My life is controlled by the shepherd. If I give him the ability to control, i got to learn to hear his voice, know his voice, and follow his voice. Are y'all with me? Am I in the right church? There are places the Father will lead you, will always overflow with joy. Sheep without a shepherd are pretty dumb. Did you know that? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I've always known that you've needed a shepherd. You'll get that later. You might be smart, but all the wisdom of the world fails in comparison to the chief shepherd. People ask me all the time, Pastor Bubba, how how do you know what God's will is? We just did a whole series on frequency, how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to know what to do. See, uh, John says it like the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a shepherd's, a stranger's voice. God leads because you know what, what his voice sounds like. Jesus wants you to know him as well as when he speaks so clearly. You know, for years, um, I've had, I had a hearing loss because shooting a shotgun and all those things. And, and so, I, I mean, for about 10 years, I, I mean, I really just, I lived a quiet life. And then my wife, you know, it's like I got to the point where my wife would go, I, I'd go, what would you say? Can you say that again? And she I'm not saying that again. You need to go get some hearing aids or we're going to have marriage problems. And so after 10 years... I went to the ear doctor, and he goes, man, you are deaf. They didn't say deaf, dumb, and blind. But anyway, just, man, you can't hear. And I go, well, that's what my wife tells me. And so when I got the hearing aids and I put them on, the world became loud. And I'm going to just tell you, one of the things that happened, it's, I don't care what you think, but one of the things that happened, I went, you know, sometimes you got to go to the bathroom. And so I had my hearing aids for the first time. I went to the bathroom. And I needed, I needed some toilet paper. And, and I tore the toilet paper. I, I hadn't heard toilet paper tear for 10 years. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I came out and I go, baby, baby, you won't believe this. She, I go, I went to the bathroom. And I'll just say that much. And then I came and I, 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 I pulled the toilet paper. And I, for the first time in years, it went... And she goes, I've been telling you, can't you hear? You know? And, and, and it's like what God wants to do. It's amazing because even when I go to bed at night now, I just take my hearing aids out and I go back to Bubba's quiet world. You know? And, you know, I didn't hear birds. I didn't hear anything. It was amazing. Luke would say, Dad, you can't hear worth a flip, but when you hear, du- you can hear ducks and geese. And I was like, well, selective hearing, I guess. I don't know about that one. 
But, you know, how, how can you follow if you don't know his voice and what it sounds like? And all of us have friends. They call us, and they don't have to go, Hey, Pastor Bubba, this is... They don't have to do that. If we've talked a lot, I'll say, Hey, Pastor Bubba, go, Hey, whatever. What's going on? You know what? The closer you are to someone, you know their name. And you know that you can have a conversation. Why? Because they, not just because they call you a lot. Have you, have you spent enough time with God for you to recognize his voice? Don't shout me down. See, typically most Christians only spend time with God once a week. And that's in church. And I'm not here to condemn anybody, but as a pastor, that's why we here want to give you life-giving messages so you can go back and get the life giver. Because the same God that talks to me talks to Pastor Josh, Pastor Zach, Pastor Jamie. It's the same Pastor Jim that was here last week. It's the same God that wants to talk to us. But we got to tune him in. Am I in the, Hello, is this, anybody learned anything yet? Okay. So, number four is, the shepherd supports. Psalms 23.4 says, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Timothy says it like this, No one came, this is Paul, No one came to support me, but everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. See, when you're at the graveside, he's there. When you're at the bedside, he's there. When you're in a courtroom, he's right there. When you're in the emergency room, he's right there. He's right there. We all, we all need to know that our shepherd is near. He's there. Whatever you're going through right now in your life, it seems difficult. It seems hard. You don't see the end of it. He's right there with you. He's here with you. See, the next thing is that the shepherd defends. Psalm 23 says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Many of you have been a part of a church where the pastor abuses the word of God. Okay? He, he, would, not, he would not have said the rod and the staff comfort him if that's what the shepherd's doing. The rod is not intended for you. It's intended for the wolves that are after you. I've talked to pastors, you know, you know, this week I had to beat my sheep a little bit. And I go, what? Beat your sheep? What is that? I mean, if I, look, if someone starts beating on my wife, I'm not coming back. You understand what I'm saying? Because here's the thing is, the closer you are to God, you see your enemy. And God doesn't want you to fight that. He wants you to give that to Jesus and go, Lord, you see what's coming after me. I need you. You're my chief shepherd. You protect me. You're with me. And, come, and, and let me tell you, when God shows up, it's like me getting in the ring with Amanda Holyfield or somebody, Meriwether. It's a two-hit fight. I can dance for a little bit, look good, you know. But it's a two-hit fight. He hits me, I'm hitting the floor, and it's over with. 
And that's how our chief shepherd is. I mean, you know, it might not even be a full-fledged devil. It could be a, 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 an imp, fourth-class, missing teeth. And God just shows up and you say, Lord, I need your help. Can you just take care of that? That thing that's tormenting me, that thing. And he just shows up with his rod and he just, he just takes one strike. Your mama. <laughs> oh, by the way, the devil ain't got a mama. <laughs> the rod wasn't intended for you. It was intended for your enemies. You see, the wolf is not afraid of you. He's afraid of the shepherd with the rod. You're no match for the power of darkness. You need a shepherd that beats the wolves. You need a father that knows when the enemy's coming to protect you from what's going to devour you. Just like a father that's going to protect his daughter. I have five sons and I have one daughter. But here's the thing. If a boy comes to my house, want to date my daughter and wants to be... Her boyfriend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a bullet at him. I said, hey, buddy, catch. And I said, if you put your hands on her, the next one's coming a lot quicker. You get it? Even, my, even her older brothers are talking about, we'll just come to the house and just sharpen our knives. I go, no, we don't want we, we, we to have a circumcision party. But anyway. <laughs> the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You prepare a table before me. That's what, verse 5. In the presence of my enemies. Jesus said you can sit down and enjoy your lunch. Why? Because your pastor is going to fight for you. Put your feet under the table. Quit freaking out. Ah! Freak out! You know? God hadn't given you a spirit of fear. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. And he didn't stay in the grave. You don't, go to, you don't go in the Middle East and go, and here's Jesus' bones. They're not there. It was an empty tomb. Think about it. He went to hell, took the keys of hell, death, and the grave, pimp slapped the devil, and came back. And the devil's so confused, he didn't, have any, he didn't know where the keys are. In the same way, Jesus says the same for you. Here's the last one. I'm going to put a bow on it. Are y'all with me? Psalms 23, verse 5 and 6. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overruns. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some of you think that God is a withholder. But that's the furthest from the truth. He's a giver. Let me just say this. The Bible says he's trying to chase you down to pour out his blessings on you. But we have that thing on us. Oh, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. But, Lord, you don't know where I came from. No, you've been listening to the lies of the devil. You didn't come from the bottom of a shrimp boat in Delcom Harbor. You hear me? You're fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. And what the enemy wants to do, if that represents Jesus, that microphone, what, what happens is he wants to get you as far as he can. And when you believe the lies of the enemy, it's hard to recognize who Jesus is and what God's done in our lives. Am I making sense here? 
But all of a sudden, you allow the truth of God. You know, the Bible says, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lord, renew my mind. Woo, got some stinking thinking going on. Lord, please renew my mind. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made by your hand. Wow. I'm not made by my circumstances or by my lies. You made me. Come on. The Bible says no weapon formed against me will prosper. Lord, thank you that that I don't have to worry about it. It's your fight. I called you. You're going to deliver me. And the more you listen to the truth of God's word, the closer you get to Jesus. And you can sense his heartbeat. And you can hear his voice very clear. And see, that's where, that's where God wants you to be. His goodness. He wants to chase you down. Come on. Remember when you were a kid, little kid and they had bullies in the neighborhood? They were, they were going to beat you up. But imagine if it was, the scenario was like, hey, Bubba, stop, stop. And then you stop and goes, hey, man, we're going to give you $10 so you can get some comic books. Wow. Back in my day, I had a lemonade stand. And I, whatever I made in my lemonade stand... I'd go buy comic books. I would. Can you imagine? I mean, I always had that. I had, I had Aunt Mary Maud. And Aunt Mary Maud was sweet. She would always have money for me. And she'd go, baby, take the money and don't let nobody know what I gave you. And I'm thinking, I ain't. <laughs> I remember going to that Sunday school class when I was a little kid. It was, she was the wicked witch of the east. And I'd have my quarter I was supposed to give. And she, I'm like, she ain't getting my quarter. You know? And so, let me wrap this up because the, the reign of the Lord's coming. It says, Hebrews said, may the God of peace who brought the blood of eternal covenant, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of sheep. Equip you with everything, every good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. So, Pastor, what do I do with all this? That's why I like coming here. Y'all ask good questions. Here's what you do. Know the shepherd. Know him. Listen, man, it's not about... It's not about religion. It's about a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, if I'm a sheep and I know my shepherd loves me and he has a rod to protect me, I'm not going to go too far from him. I'm going to get close. I want to be right where he is. John said it like this. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. There's some of us here, if you're honest, look at me. You're not close. And what God's just doing, he's not here to condemn you. The Holy Spirit's been walking through the aisles, speaking the hearts. Sometimes when I preach, sometimes people go, Pastor Bob, you were looking at me the whole time. And I'm thinking, no, I wasn't. And, I mean, that word was just for me. Well, I'm glad because I, I didn't know if it was going to speak to anybody. And, and listen, it's just God. It's God speaking. The Bible says that God will use the, full, the, the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel to draw people to himself. 
Say, I want to invite you to come home and come close. Jesus wants to be the pastor of your soul. I want you to know him intimately. How, pastor? Man, that's a good question. You got to commit your life, surrender your soul to your pastor. Look at me. If you don't have any paper, you need to write this down so you always remember what we think about you around here. You are valued. Say it me. Say, I'm valued. You are loved. Say, I'm loved. And the last thing is, you belong. Say it me. I belong. You see, you're valued, you're loved, and you belong. And that's where most people are in their lives. They don't feel like there's, they have much value. That's why people feel like, loved? I feel used. I don't feel loved. God loves you. When my little girl was real small, she used to cuddle in bed with me. She'd wake up in the morning, on a Saturday morning, get up real early. She'd come cuddle with me, and we'd just hug, and I'd just do her hair and things like that. And the other day I was talking to her, I said, how come you don't come cuddle with me? Well, I was waiting this morning for you to come cuddle. She goes, I'm 13. <laughs> I'm like, so what? Next time you need something, I said, well, you're 13. Take care of it. <laughs> you know? And, you know, but it's in those moments. It, it's so neat when your children just come up to you and you say, without anybody prompting on them, I love you. Let's go to Walmart. What do you, what do you want? You know? Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like, Pastor, I haven't. Man, when you talked about that I'm valued, that I'm loved, and that I belong, that just, that does something in me. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't felt that. It's not about our feelings. Feelings come and go. But you're at that point saying, that's just where I'm at. You say, maybe you're here this morning and say, I'm not really where I need to be with God, but I don't want to leave here this morning the same as, I, as things have been going. Would you pray for me, Pastor Bubba? I really need to give my life to Jesus like I've never given it before. I need to trust him. I want to hear his voice. I want to change that I have a daily walk instead of a weekly walk with God. If that's you, no one looking around, say, Pastor Bubba, would you pray for me? Just Lift your hand and I'll, I'll just know. I'll, okay. Thank you, 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 thank you. You can put them down. Anyone else, real quick, you say, Pastor, I don't want to leave here the same. I want, I, I really, I know that I need to allow God to lead me and guide me, and that I can feel the assurance that He's going to do the fighting, that I can, I can give it to Him the battles that I've been going through. If that's you, just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? That's me. I've been battling. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Thank you. Okay. You can put it down. All right. Look up here. I want to see the whites of your eyes. I want us to all pray this prayer together. Can we do that? Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin, my guilt, 
in my shame. I know that you want to fight me, fight for me. I give you my battles this morning. You're my chief shepherd. You see what I've been going through. I need you more than I've ever needed you before. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're for me. And thank me. Thank you that you'll give me the ability to trust you in all that I do. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name.